Genesis chapter 6. You can find it on page 9 of your, of your pew Bibles. Genesis chapter 6. When men began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals, and creatures that move along the ground, and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Make a room Make a roof for it and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to build, bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. May all who hear it find salvation from the destruction that is to come. Well, we are going to be taking a little break from the book of Titus for the next four weeks, actually. After, after our trip to the ark, I decided that a message on Noah and the flood would help to reinforce all the things that the teens learned this week. And then in the following two weeks, we'll be focusing on our VBS. So the sermons will, will tie into what the children are learning about there. And after that week, I'll be on vacation. So, 
So you'll have uh, Pastor Rick Keith is going to be visiting, and he's going to be preaching from Mark chapter 4, uh, which will be excellent, I'm sure. Uh, but we're, so we're going to be taking a break from Titus for about a month, and then we'll get back into it. So if you're, if you're eager to get back into Titus, just be patient. It, it'll be there. Um, but as for today, I, w- I want to speak to you from Genesis 6. And as you just heard from the teams, from the teens, we had an amazing time. The what we saw, what what we heard, gave us much to think about, and I'm sure the memories that that they had, that I had, are, will be lasting. But what struck me the most was when we walked up to the ark and just grasped the the immense size of it. What you have to realize is that they built it to the exact dimensions specified in God's word. In fact, it is, it is it is so massive that it is currently the largest timber frame building in the world. And as I witnessed this gargantuan boat, what was going through my my mind was this. What would have Noah's generation thought of seeing such a monstrosity? You see, we we see feats of engineering on a daily basis. One just has to drive up to Grand Rapids to see soaring buildings that would have marveled the ancient world. For people living 4,500 years ago, the ark would have been like nothing they had ever seen. And as, as word spread, it would have certainly have, have, have attracted visitors from both near and far. What would Noah have said to these people that had come to Gawk? When, when, they, when they asked him why he was building it, how would he have answered them? In our first scripture reading from today, we, we get a glimpse of Noah's message Look again at 2 Peter 2, verse 5. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. Here we see Noah described as a preacher of righteousness. The Greek word for righteousness is dikaiosunes, which means the condition of being right with or accepted, acceptable to God. In other words, Noah preached a message of repentance to an ungodly people. You see, the, the ark served more than just one purpose. Yes, its, it's main intent was rescue. However, the, the, the first purpose of the ark was to give warning. It was a symbol of the coming judgment. Today, as as we go through this story, I want to answer three questions. First, why did God bring about such complete judgment? Second, how did God warn the people? And finally, how did God save them? First question, why did God bring about such complete judgment? 
Look again at Genesis 6, verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Here we see how ungodly these people really were. It was not just that their, that their deeds were evil, but every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts were only evil all the time. God doesn't just look at man's actions, but he delves deep into the innermost thoughts, bringing judgment to the, to the core of, of who man is. This is the same thing that, that Jesus taught in, in Matthew's gospel. Look at Matthew 5, verses 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. And again, in, in verses 27 and 28, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But, but I tell you that, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Christ desires for you to have a pure thought life, just as much as he desires for your actions to be pure. Noah's generation was guilty. They, they had gone so far astray that, that the Lord was grieved and his judgment fell upon them. And so God spoke this to Noah. Genesis 6, verses 13 and 14. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This verse brings us to our second question. How did God warn the people? From what we read in Scripture, we, we can assume that Noah had anywhere between 50 to 100 years to, to build this ark. Genesis 5 tells us that Noah was 500 years old when Shem, Ham, and Japheth were born. And, and the command for Noah to build the ark came after his sons were born. And in Genesis 7, we learn that Noah was 600 when the floods came. So that, so that gives us a 100-year window. This means that, that for at least 50 years, but probably more likely close to 100 years, the people had a constant reminder of God's pending judgment. In other words, they, they had years to repent. God had given them a prophet who preached his message. And he had created for them an unmistakable sign. Think about it. Noah had what, what is to us a lifetime of ministry. And he had a simple message. 
Repent, for God is going to flood the earth. Seek his mercy. And and then to, to, to demonstrate God's message, Noah spent decades building a massive boat. Friends, let me ask you a question. Who got in the boat with Noah? Where were Noah's brothers and sisters? Where were his cousins, his nieces, his nephews? What about his friends? Only him, his wife, his three sons, and their wives were on that boat. Was Noah just not a very good preacher? Did God not give an adequate enough sign? No. Brothers, sisters, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. The, the message may go out, but, but it is not always received. Even Jesus, the, the greatest preacher ever, was rejected by many. Noah's message wasn't heeded because the people didn't think they were doing anything wrong. They, they ignored God's word and lived by their own standards. Let me ask you, are, 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 there, are there things in, in God's word that, that you don't agree with? Maybe the, the Bible declares something to be a sin that you think shouldn't be a sin. Or, or perhaps you don't like it when Scripture describes God as being wrathful or bringing about judgment. These are the very same things that the people of Noah's day were rebelling against. I I, I don't care if you've been going to church your whole life. If, If this describes you, then I have to ask you, are you listening? The people of of Noah's day, they they did not listen, and they were swept away. Once again, technology, right? (laughs) All right, give me one second. Can you pull up the next slide? So the final question, how did God save? Look at Genesis chapter 7, verses 13 through 16. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, And Japheth, together with his wives and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. 
They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. We see the second and greater purpose of the ark. Salvation. And, and there are three things that, that we see in these verses. First, that salvation is, is for all creation. Just as Adam's sin affected all God's creatures, so too God's salvation is for every living thing. Second, there is only one way to be saved. Unless you are on that ark... You drowned. And third, the Lord shut the door. It wasn't Noah who closed himself in, but God. Salvation is a work of God and of no one else. When we consider this story and all of its implication, a sobering reality comes to the fore. Look at 2 Peter 2, verse 5 once more. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. God did not spare the ancient world. Think about that. Out of all the people living during Noah's day, only Eight survived. And God was just and good in doing so. And, and if you think that God would never do something like that again, look a little further in 2 Peter. 2 Peter 3, verses 1 through 7. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. 
God has given to his church another message to repent. And it's, it's not a flood this time, but fire. Judgment is coming. And, and his warning comes by the same method. Through the preaching of the word and a sign. The message is to believe in the one he sent. And the sign is the one he sent. Jesus is your ark. He, he died for your sins and, and rose from the dead. There is no greater sign and there is no greater message. When the floods come, he is your ark and he will lift you above the waters. He has come for all his creation and only he can bring you to the Father. Do you want mercy? Do you want forgiveness of sins? Only Jesus can offer that to you. For only he can save. He is the door. Repent and trust in him. For, for once that door is shut, there is no way in. And you too will be swept away. Let us pray. Father, we are humbled by your word. Your justice is swift and your decrees are final. Help us to, to repent of our sins and give to us the, the faith to believe. May we have trust in, in your son, our ark, that he died for our sins and that he rose from the dead three days later. May we receive the, the gift that is your Holy Spirit. May we escape the destruction that is to come. We pray this in, in Jesus' name. Amen.